Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Blackie. Genesis chapter number 41. Genesis chapter 41. And uh, we're going to preach there tonight. I'm excited. This is the favorite. This is my favorite part about this story. This is redemption. This is God giving back um, to Joseph. Joseph's went through suffering. He's went through heartache. He's went through prison. Um, all these different scenarios that went to, took place in his life. And here is God blessing him. Um, so we're going to talk about the selected, if you would. Um, but ultimately, Joseph becomes selected to be the next guy. Um, and, and God places him there in that specific time. Genesis chapter 41 the two dreams have been given. The two dreams have been interpreted. Now it's time for Joseph to be selected. Um, so we're going to look at a couple things here in Genesis chapter 41. And let's begin reading in verse number 37. Genesis 41, and let's begin reading in verse number 37, if you will. Um, Genesis 41, verse 37. The Bible says... And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said, watch what he says. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Think about this for just a moment. Um, and we're leaving, we're leaving the point where, David, where Joseph, I'm wanting to say David for some reason, where Joseph said, Here's the interpretation of the dream. You must seek out someone who's discreet and wise. And Pharaoh says, can we find? You know, Pharaoh wasn't a saved man. Pharaoh, maybe, honestly, he may have been um, at this time. Maybe his, he was beginning to believe in God. But he, he looked at Joseph. He said, look, he looked at his servants. He said, can we find such a man as this that is filled with the spirit of God? Verse number 30, 39 says, and this is where uh, we'll talk about, and here comes the selection. And, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thee, as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all the people be ruled. Uh, only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have given thee over the land of Egypt. There he goes. What happens? That just imagine with me for just a moment that you go, here is the decree of the, of the selection. So what do you mean by that? I mean, here comes the decree. Here comes the, uh, hey, here's the next ruler. Here he is. He is. He has been selected to be the ruler over Egypt. And Pharaoh said, look, there's not anybody that will have more power than you except me. And you're going to be placed up there in charge of every single person. In verse number 40, he says, Thou shalt be, a, be over my house. He says, Pharaoh says, Look, you're going to be over my house. Uh, now, he, then he goes on to say, There's not going to be anybody greater than thee on the throne except for me. I'm the only one in the throne that's greater. But he said, You're over my house. 
But I want you to think about this for just a moment. As we've went our way through our story, has not Joseph been the ruler over his parents' house, over Potiphar's, over Potiphar's servants, over the prison, and now he is the ruler over Pharaoh's house? So what happened to Joseph? Joseph just always climbed to the top. Always climbed to the top. And here he is. Now he has been made ruler over my house. But not only you'll see in this verse that he has been ruler over my house, but watch what else he is in verse number 40. And according to thy word, whose word? Joseph's word. Based on what he told me. Based on that you told me the interpretation for the dream. This is what he's telling me. Based on what you've said, I believe what you've said. Huh? Should we be honest? Huh? How important it is for Christians to be honest. Here he was, he was being honest. Um, and you think about, you, you're standing before a man of power and he says, interpret my dreams for me. Joseph was honest with him, even though the dream wasn't necessarily profitable to uh, Pharaoh. He told, him the, he told him the dream, regardless of what it, was, what it meant. Now watch, he said, according to thy word, shall all, my people be ruled. How many people would how many people would Joseph be over? All of them. Not just some of them, but all of them. So here he is. He's 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 out of prison. All he did, all Joseph did was got out of prison, took a shower, put some clothes on, maybe shaved, and stood before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, You're gonna be the next ruler. I mean, think about the the change in Joseph's life that went from ruling the prison to ruling all of Egypt. All the people. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Look, truth will triumph. Truth will triumph. Truth will make you free. Yeah, you know, look, I, and I've heard Brother Blackie say this, and I agree. Uh, you tell a lie, you're going to have to remember that lie. You don't have to remember the truth because it's the truth. It's, it stays the truth. It's not going to change. And here, he, truth will triumph. What was the truth? Joseph being true to God. Luke chapter 16, verse number 10. What does it say? He says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. What does that mean? That means if you're faithful in the smallest things, you'll be faithful in the biggest things. And if you're unfaithful or you're unjust in the small things, you're going to be unjust in the big things too. A lot of people think that if they, if they win the lottery, they'll make it rich and be good. See, what happens to a lot of people, they win that lottery, and it's three or four months later, and they're broke again. You know, if you're, it's, that same, it's that same principle. And unjust in the least, you're going to be unjust with much. So whether you have little or whether you have much, well, you say, well, if I had their money, I'd tell you what I'd do with it. You do the same thing you do with your money now. It's not going to change from one thing to the other because you've got more of it or less of it or whatever it is. That's what the Bible tells us. So what did Joseph do with what he had? It was not much. There were times when it wasn't much. There were times when it, when it was very little. There were times when it was, uh, he was in his parents' house. There were times when it was little and he was in the prison. What did he do? He stayed faithful to God. He stayed faithful to Almighty God. And because of his faithfulness to God, God took him to the top. I, 
I do, I believe this with all my heart. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but I do. I believe it, that if, if Joseph wouldn't have been faithful in the prison, God would have never placed him in charge of Pharaoh's house. And if had he not been faithful as in Potiphar's house as a servant, God would not have placed him in charge of Pharaoh's house. And if Joseph wouldn't have been faithful at his daddy's house, then Joseph would have never been faithful at Potiphar's, never at the prison, and never at Pharaoh's. I, I, that's what I believe, not necessarily what the Bible tells us, but that's what I feel. Because of his faithfulness, God blessed him. Because faith, sir? And used him. And used him. Because of his faithfulness. God uses you to the utmost if you will just be faithful. You will say, well, well, it doesn't matter. It's just something little. But it does matter because it's something little. You know, uh, what does the Bible say? If you're uh, faithful in the small things, he'll make you ruler over many. And I think that's true about Joseph is he was faithful in that small thing, faithful in the prisons, faithful, who, who cared? Who was watching him in the prison? Who was making sure he was doing right? Nobody. When he left his daddy's house and went to Potiphar's house, nobody made sure that he was doing right. He could have went along with the rest of the slaves, but he didn't. He chose to do right and live right. And because of that, he rose to the top in the prison, in the Potiphar's house, the Pharaoh's house, and the parents' house. Now, that's the decree. It's set. Hello. He's next in charge. Whew. But I want you to also think about the time of the selection. What do you mean the time? Look down at verse number 46. We're going to jump down a verse, couple verses here. Verse number 46, he says, and Joseph was how old? 30. 30. You remember, uh, you remember, go back with me for a minute. Uh, when he was at his daddy's house, you remember how old he was? He was 17. And now he's 30. What's changed? 13 years of being a slave, between between 13 years of being a slave and that time period being in prison. So that's what's changed, the timing of it. But I will say this, there was a specific time that God pulled him out of that, out of that jail. What would happen if he pulled him out too early? What would have happened if he would have pulled him out before the dream was interpreted? If the butler would have remembered to be honest, he probably would have went home. I mean, if he wouldn't, uh, he's been pulled out. He's interpreted that butler's dream. He butler told Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, "Okay, man, go. You're clear." What would he do? And if he goes home, I mean, if he goes home, he misses out on on the seven years of good and the seven years of bad. And look, that that famine that takes place did not just affect Egypt. It affected Israel. It affected the whole world. So Joseph doing right, being right, in the right timing of God, placed him at the right time in front of Pharaoh. God's timing is always right. Well, I don't necessarily agree. Well, whether you agree or whether you don't agree, God's timing is always right. God delivered him at the right time, specific time for him to be there. And when he delivered him there, guess what happened? He stepped right into that next role. But if he goes sooner, what if he goes later? He misses some of that seven years of, of the good, seven years of the preparation if he's not in his spot at the right time. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? Sometimes, guess what you got to do, Christian? You got to wait. Well, I don't like waiting. 
Well, guess what? I don't know that there's anybody that just likes to sit and wait. I've never understood when you go to a doctor's office, they call you in there 45 minutes before the doctor even gets in there. What? What do you want me to do? Just wait? Do you like waiting at the doctor's office, Brother Blackie? No. No. <laughs> do you like waiting at the mechanic shop? No. No. I want you to get me in and get me out. If you can't get me in and get me out, I don't want to sit around and wait. Because you're just wasting my time. But do you know God's not a mechanic shop? And God's not the doctor's office. So there are times when God causes us to have to wait. Whether we like to or not. Joseph waited 13 years. How long are you willing to wait? How long are you willing to be faithful? Because Joseph could have gave up. No one's paying attention to me. No one's watching me. No one's caring whether I whether I'm doing faithful and being right to God. No one's watching that. But there was somebody watching. And there was somebody caring whether he was doing right or being right and being in the right place and doing the right things and saying the right things. Somebody cared, and that was God. Because God's timing is always right. Even if sometimes we feel like God needs to hurry. You ever feel like that? That God needs to hurry? Would you just hurry it along? I do. But God had a specific time. The Bible says stand still and let God move. Sometimes we have to stand still and let God move. But I'm going to tell you this. If we're all honest, um, it's harder to stand still and let God move. Let me help you. Yeah. Let me get this straight. Let me, let me give you some. Let, let me help you out here. Let me show you this way. Yeah. My way, my way. I want to give you a scripture in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. He tells us, and it's a very well-known verse. The Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and, they, and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. That's a famous verse, isn't it? They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. He shall renew their strength and they shall mount up like wings like eagles. Do you know what we like to, that part of that verse? Is we're going to mount up like wings of eagles, but we don't recognize the first part of that verse where he says, they that wait upon the Lord. Waiting. But, I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on. Waiting is, as we wait on God to work and we wait on God to move, doesn't mean that we need to be idle you will notice that Joseph, though he spent 13 years as a slave slash prisoner, not exactly for sure how long he spent as a slave, how long he spent as a, as, a, as a prisoner. We don't know. But he was never idle. He was working. He was doing something. Even though he was, oh man, I just wish God would wait. See, what happens to a lot of us, we want God to move, but yet we'll never move. Yet we, we stay idle. Well, okay, God, move we want God to do everything and us to just sit back and wait on him. And that's the wrong aspect to take as well. We want God to move, and God does move, but we need to be willing to do. What do you mean do? I mean this. Be active for God. Do something for God. Serve God. Can't expect God to move if we're unable to move. Does that make sense?
Anybody have any thoughts? Yes, sir. Are we supposed to be going to be some of his uh, rulers? rulers? Mm-hmm. And if we're not good rulers here, how can we going to be good rulers over here? not. So I think this is a time for practice here. Yeah. To prepare for us whenever we get there. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like, this is just my opinion again, yeah. but I feel like if we're not rulers here, we're not going to be rulers later. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean your house. You say, well, what am I supposed to rule? You have your life. Um, There's a lot of stuff to do. Your life, your home, your house, your family, your, 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 um, your home, as far as your individuals that live in there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Bible says, um, oh, man, my mind's blank. I have broken down city without any walls my mind just went blank i can't remember the rest of that verse but um but you have you're a ruler um over those things you know who controls trenton trenton does you know who makes trenton get up in the morning make sure that he reads his bible and make sure that he prays make sure that he spends time with god trenton does you know there's not anybody that makes trenton do that i mean sure it would be nice if i had somebody saying okay do that do this do that do this but i don't and then guess what? I, I need to teach my children to do the same. And how do I teach them? By doing it. Now, I can't expect them to do something that I won't. Well, do that. Do this. Do this. Do this. And I'm not leading the way. I'm a ruler. Much like that. And you know, this lesson here too, Christian, there's a lot of obedience. Obedience. Oh, yeah. Joseph was obedient to God. That's right. That's right. And if we're not obedient to God, then how can he trust us to be rulers? That's right. It's true. Now, not only was he obedient to God, but he was obedient to his his master. Yeah, everything. And you say, what do you mean by that? I mean the the, uh, human master that he had. So, yes, he was obedient to God, but he understood that being obedient to God sometimes causes us to be obedient to man. And, you know, when you drive down the road and the speed limit is 65, that's, the, that's kind of like the obedience to man type of thing. You know, God has placed leadership in front of us to help uh, give us guidelines. Well, I don't like what they say. Well, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you don't obey it. You know, I guarantee there were things that Joseph did not like that he went ahead and obeyed because he was being obedient to God. Yeah, can we find such a one? He would have never been able to find him. No, because it wouldn't have been obedient to everything that's going on. That's right. That's right. He wouldn't have fit that. No, he wouldn't have fit that mold. He would not have. And see, and I, I believe this to be true, that there are times that we miss things. What do you mean? I mean, we miss opportunities. We miss chances for us to to lead or chances for us to be put in a spot to, to serve God, but we miss it because we're not what we're doing what we ought to do. 
we're not being obedient to God. We're not being obedient to the leadership. Yeah, it's good. But Pharaoh trusted. Oh yeah, he did. His whole immediately country. Yeah. His house and his whole country. That's right. He trusted Joseph that he would take care of. And you tell me why? I'm going to tell you why. Because of verse number 38, where the Bible says that he. Uh, in him is the Spirit of God. He recognized, a lost man recognized, he was either lost or getting ready to be saved, or maybe he had just gotten saved. You say, what do you, I, I mean, he saw the Spirit of God in Joseph and said, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy. He saw it um, based on how he lived and what he said um, and the life that he lived. It's good. He walked the walk and he talked. That's right. That's right. He did. He did. Absolutely he did. Um, the statement is uh, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. Joseph, Joseph, and we're kind of talking about number three as we're here it is, but the man in the selection is, is verse number 38, a, a, a man in whom the spirit of God is. Joseph is that man but I'm going to tell you that God, he didn't become that man overnight. He didn't become that man with a, with a snap of the fingers. He became, it took him 30 years to get to that place. It took him 13 years in prison, uh, 13 years in prison slash slavery. It took him, uh, his brothers thrown him to the side. That's who that man was. Why was he that man? Because he sought after God. He wanted God's presence. He wanted uh, the God's spirit upon him. Uh, but before he sends, before he sends us to go, he prepares us to be sent. Joseph would have never been picked had he not been those things that Brother Blackie and I were just talking about. Had he not been obedient, had he not listened, had he not done those things, he would have never been selected and we, this is, before we're sent, there needs to be steps to prepare us to be sent. And part of that is the Spirit of God. Part of that is following God. Part of that is being obedient. Part of that is being sanctified. Part of that is being holy. Part of that is just absolutely devoting your life and saying, here's my life, Lord. Take it. Uh, I want to be that man. I want to be that guy that, that Pharaoh looks out and says, yep, that's the guy right there. Does any, I mean, we should all desire to be that person. Right? That's the man. That is the man. But again, it took him 13 years of prison and, and slavery and being sold by his brothers and heartache. A lot of times God prepares us by sending us through things. Well, I don't understand why I got to go through this. I don't understand why I got to go through that. We may not understand it when we're going through it, but God places those things in our life to prepare us for something. And I think, I personally believe that the reason God sent him through those was to prepare him to be the leader in Egypt, but also to let us see an example in a man who did not allow his circumstances to determine his outcome. 
he did not let what his brothers did to him, what Potiphar did to him, uh, uh, how he was thrown in prison, uh, how, his, how the butler forgot him, all those circumstances, he did not let that ruin him. He was still the man of God. He come right, right up out of prison and says, yep, this is what the truth is. It's, that's convicting. When it didn't change him, he was still the same man that went in. He was the same man that came out. He was that man. And then lastly, number five, number four, and we'll be done, is the provision in the selection. The provision in the selection. In verse number 42, Pharaoh gives him provisions to be able to get through what's, what's going to take place. Okay? So he places him in, in that position. Now he gives him a provision. It's on that back of that sheet there. Verse, uh, verse number 42. Watch what Pharaoh does, does for him. What a great blessing it is. So Joseph's in, in charge. He's been set in charge. Verse number 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vesture of fine linen and put gold chain about his neck. He made him to ride in the second chariot uh, which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, uh, and, with, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Joseph called, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephatherin, and he gave him wife as Aneth, and the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, and Joseph went out over all the land. What took place here? Joseph was given provisions to be able to become that next in charge. He was given a ring. That ring signified authority. It, that ring gave him the authority. You, what you see this specifically, he gave him his own ring. He didn't go get him, he didn't have him a brand new ring made. He gave him his own ring. He took it off his ring. He, I'm in charge of this country. I'm taking it off. And he gave it to uh, Joseph. Not only did he give him a, a ring, but he gave him a robe. In verse number 42, he vestures of fine linen. That apparel was for his office. You think about uh, this most excellent robe that he gave him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 16, and there was a rich man in Lazarus. If you'll remember correctly, the Bible says the rich man was uh, fared sumptuous. Uh, he was in fine linen, fine linen. Uh, he had fine clothes. That linen is, a, is the most excellent clothes. Uh, you will notice in, in Joseph's life, he had two robes that were taken from him. He had his coat that his brothers took from him, and he had the robe that Potiphar's wife took from him. And God blessed him with the robe that gave him the authority to be over and in charge of Egypt. He was given a ring, a robe. He was given a rank. In verse number 42, the Bible says he put a gold chain about his neck. That gold chain was a symbol of authority. The ring gave him the authority. The chain showed that he was in charge. Hey, now this is me. I'm in charge. Uh, man, what amazing things how God blessed Joseph. Uh, we see provision that God gave him a ring and a robe, a rank. Um, then he gave him a ride. Look in verse number 43. And he made him to ride second chariot. 
He gave him his own chariot, his own horses, his own ride. Look, God blessed Joseph. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine being in Joseph's position? I'm a prisoner, and all of a sudden, he's got a ring and a robe and, and a rank and a ride. He can go anywhere he wants to. The symbol of a ruler was to have his own chariot. Number five, he gave him a reputation. He gave him a brand new reputation. Verse number 45, Bible says in Pharaoh, uh, uh, verse number 45, and Pharaoh called his name, and I can't say it right, but he gave him a brand new name. Why did he give him that new name? Because Joseph was the prisoner. Joseph was the slave. Joseph, that's who they knew him as, as a slave and as a prisoner, but he wanted to start him brand new as a brand new man. Yeah. And then lastly, number six, he gave him romance. <laughs> Verse number 45, he gave him to wife, and Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of Alman. Why did God do this for him? Because Joseph stayed faithful to God. God wasn't done. Look in verse number 50. Drop down to verse number 50. And Joseph, and unto Joseph were born two sons. God gave him two sons with his wife before the years of the famine came, before the seven years came, bad seven years came, which Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, bare unto him. And Joseph called his name, uh, name of the firstborn, Manasseh. And Manasseh means to forget. For God said, said, uh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Do you know what Joseph said to his first son? I'll name you into Manasseh because God's allowed me to forget all the bad that has ever taken place in my life. What, he, what, he, what that forgetting means is to forgive, to forget those things which you have gone through. Not only that, but God gave him a second son and the name of the second son, second called he Ephraim, for God caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. God allowed his, him to be, the, the Ephraim means fruitful, means to be that he was fruitful in his land of affliction. God allowed him to be fruitful in his time of heartache. Now, there he is. Joseph's the ruler. Now what's next? Now he's going to prepare for the seven years of good and prepare for the seven years of bad. And we'll talk about that next week. But, you know, I want to be that man. I want to be that man that God, that God chooses. But to be that man, I've got to be faithful to the small things, even if it doesn't matter. Well, no one will ever see. It doesn't matter whether anybody will ever see it or not. I still need to be faithful. God knows. And because God sees and God knows whether you are or not. Well, other people may not be able to see you, God will always be able to see. It's not important for other people to see. That's right. It's important why God, when he looks down and everything, yeah. he sees you doing what he wants you to do. That's right. Then you're pleasing God, not other people. It is true. A lot of times, though, as Christians, we put on the front, or we make sure that everything looks the way that it needs to look. And rather than right here where it needs to look, the Bible says in uh, first, second, first Samuel, Second Samuel, the Bible says that God, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And God sees the things that we try to hide. God sees those things that we, we don't want anybody else to see. God sees those things. Well, you know, thoughts 
or questions before we close? Anybody? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray again. Let's close with a word of prayer. And uh, pray again for Sunday. Keep praying for Sunday. And uh, I'll, we'll wait till Saturday to make a decision what to do because I don't want to call it too early and then be stuck. But I will make a decision. On, we will make a decision on Saturday before um, church. So praying for drive-in church. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight, those of you that watched, those of you that will watch later. And uh, man, allow the Word of God to mold you. Allow the Word of God to help you. Trust the Lord. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. And as we've prayed before, we've already prayed tonight. We've asked God to work and intervene in different people's lives. But Lord, as we close, I thank you for those that listened. I thank you for Brother Blackie being here, helping us to play and, and just to be here in the audience. Lord, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for my wife. I pray that you'll bless um, as we go home. I pray that you'll bless the Airby household. I pray that you'll bless our household, Lord, and all those that are listening, I pray that you bless them. Lord, I pray that you bless our church. But as, as we get ready to go home, Lord, I also ask that you will go before us on Sunday and help the rain to be stopped in the morning and uh, help us to have a, uh, a drive-in service to, on yeah. Sunday. And we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we will see you all Sunday. God bless.